0: Hello and welcome to the Millennial Minimalist Podcast. I am your host, Kelly Foss, and together with my co-host, Lauren Morley, our mission is to help you simplify your life and live with greater intention. Together, let's live more with less. Hi, everyone. Today, we're talking about how to reclaim peace and calm in our noisy world. From everyday sounds to the notifications on our devices and the marketing messages around us, the noise in our lives can be highly distracting. But the good news is that we have the power to manage it. And in this discussion, Lauren and I talk about common external and internal distractions in the systems we use to remove or manage them. You will learn about the benefits that come with cutting the noise in your everyday, including reclaimed focus, greater clarity, and the ability to reach a flow state. We also stress the importance of setting boundaries with yourself, others, technologies, and other distracting things that attempt to capture our attention. And we share our own stories to motivate you to start asking yourself questions to help you gain control over the noise in your life. Plus, we share an exciting time management method that we have each adopted called the Pomodoro Technique that has not only helped us manage distractions while we work, but also boosted our productivity and helped us feel more accomplished each day. Be inspired to navigate everyday distractions from the things around us to the things in our heads and start reaping the great rewards that come with embracing silence. So before we start, we should probably make sure that all of our notifications are off or no distractions around us. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk about how to manage the noise in our everyday And it was actually inspired by a podcast episode that I listened to. It's called The Happiness Lab Podcast. It's by renowned psychologist, Lori Santos. And in the episode, she asked the question, what if there was a mute button for the mind? And I thought to myself, there is so much noise in this world externally and internally. And I was like, we need to talk about this, Lauren.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited to talk about this because I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this.
0: Yeah. Oh, so much. We Before we started this podcast, Lauren and I, we both told each other that we have a lot to talk about today. I mean, we are constantly managing the messages. I mean, once you start adopting a minimalist lifestyle, you become more aware of all of the noise around you or you become motivated to work on managing it so that you can have more clarity and be more present with others and get into a flow state of mind. And from my research, I learned that that is the main reason why we should manage the noise is so that we can get into flow state and so that we can get into a state of being in the zone, so to speak. I looked online and, and the definition of the flow state is when we are completely focused on a single task or activity, Or in other words, we get into the zone. I remember growing up, I would tell my parents, oh, I love when I get into the zone. I mean, I used to be an artist and I used to paint. And I remember hours would just fly by. It's that feeling. I love that feeling. I think we all love that feeling. It's when you're completely focused on something and everything else disappears from your mind. You're only focused on that single task and it's painting, it's writing, it's Creating artistic presentations at work, I find that I lose track of time. And I know with you, when you're writing or if you're focused on some type of comedy work, you get into the zone. And sometimes you work for mine, and I know when you're in the zone. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to bother her because I don't want to distract her.
1: <laughs> There's a book on that. It's called Flow by Mihai Checks and Mihai. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting. But I feel like most of the time when people are working, we're watching the clock and we're like trying to find ways to distract us because we're not interested or engaged in what we're doing. But if you can find something where you get in that flow state, it's like life changing.
0: Yes. Yes. Speaking of which, you have an amazing technique for that. Uh, And Before we get into that, I want to tell you something quickly. So I was checking out Headspace. So it's a meditation app, as many of you may know, and they share a few studies on their website. And I read that uh, a positive psychologist and behavioral scientist named Gian Nakamura, I think I'm saying her name right, interviewed all types of high performing people from mountain climbers to dancers to chess players to surgeons. And she concluded that when we get into a flow state, there is this deep focus that leads us into a sense of ecstasy, a sense of clarity, and we can make better decisions. And I was like, yeah, that is so true. And in all fields, right? It spans all fields of work. And when you come to my house, you get into a flow state because it's quiet and you perform well and in, in quiet, and I prefer to have instrumental music in the background, but I'll put my AirPods in. But you actually time yourself while you work, and I'm excited for you to share this with our listeners because you have been so excited about this geeky little method, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it.
1: Yeah, I just discovered it recently. It's called the Pomodoro Method or Technique. And I have learned so much, even just from working from your place, you've seen this of how little focused work I get done in a day just by timing myself, how many times I have to press pause on that timer because I'm getting distracted by something else. And it can sometimes take me two or three hours to get one hour of work done. And Mm -hmm. it was so eye opening to where my time was going through the day. And you know, I I'm like okay, I'm gonna spend one hour writing my podcast notes, and all of a sudden, an email comes in, and I have to pause it, and I have to spend fifteen minutes on that email and getting information for that email, or you know, a friend calls and we talk for ten or fifteen minutes, and all of a sudden, it's been half an hour, and yeah, and I'm I haven't gotten any work done, so it was it was just so eye opening, and it. It helped me so much just be like, I'm going to set this, put the distractions aside for this amount of time. And when it goes off, then I can go back to them. I can open up my email again. I can turn my phone back on again. So it has helped me so much. And just knowing that I'm getting that hour of work done, however long it takes me. So just some background for our listeners so they understand
0: what this is. So it's actually a time management method. It was coined by Francisco Cirillo. And it's for students, perfectionists, and procrastinators of all kinds. And the whole idea is that you work for 25-minute intervals. So you have a timer for 25 minutes. uh, And then you take a break for five minutes. And then you do it three more times. So that's within two hours. So you do it you do it four times total, 5-minute breaks each 25 minutes, and then you take a 30-minute break and then you start all over again. So that's the whole idea. Very very simple process and it's actually called the Pomodoro t- Technique because the guy who invented that technique actually used a kitchen tomato timer. Do you remember those? I remember my mom had one way back in the day. And it's so cute because honestly, I actually heard of this method originally I shared it with you, Lauren, and Lauren has been practicing this method for the past month religiously. You come to my house. It's so funny. You come to my house, you have your timer on. If I ever distract you, you're like, hold on, hold on. Just got to turn the timer off.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I pause funny. it. Or show should- Kelly will call me. I'm like, just one moment. I have to pause the timer." <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> It's so funny. <laughs> it's good though. It's working for you. And I appreciate that, especially as two individuals who we we manage our own time in many ways. And so it helps us get to that focused state that you know we have to get on our own, right? We're not working amongst people most of the time. So we have to create some type of structure. And the Pomodoro Technique really helps in that way. And I think the book is called The Pomodoro Technique. And uh, I just... I highly recommend it too. Now, since you become addicted, I've started to integrate into my life. And what I love most about it, Lauren, is sometimes you can have it on for 25 minutes and you know that you can take that five minute break, but you're like, no, I'm in a flow state. I could go for the whole hour. Uh, I mean, that doesn't happen that often because we're constantly getting distracted. But I find it interesting that you actually stop it when other things come to you outside of the current task that you're working on, so if an urgent email comes, you'll stop it. I've, isn't that technically
1: still work that you're doing? But I guess yeah, I don't. I guess in my mind, when I write my to do list, which I'm going to talk about in this episode. I want to get an hour of focused work done for the podcast today. Mm. And maybe I can't control my day. Like if a client calls during that hour, I'm not going to start the hour over. I'm just going to pause it, take the call, get them the information, and then get back to my goal of getting that focused hour of work done. And I was saying to Kelly, you know, people work eight hour days, they work these 40 hour weeks or longer, but how much focused work are they actually getting done? And how much is it? Distraction. How much is it? Are you on your phone? Are you just like clearing emails that are ads or like, there's just so much of our day that's taken up by not what we intended to put our time towards. And and I don't just do it for work. I do it for cleaning. I do it for exercise and even taking time off at the end of the day because especially our audience i'm sure a lot of them are in the stages of decluttering or minimizing their place and you know you can look at a space or your closet or your home and it feels like a never ending task you feel overwhelmed by it but if you set a timer and you're like i don't care how much i'm going to get done i'm just going to do this for 25 minutes there is an end in sight like there's a light at the end of the tunnel that That's how much time you set aside for that day and you've committed to it. And when it's done, it's done and you can move on. Even if there's still a lot of work to do after, it's like getting, moving the needle in the right direction every day. And so it has really helped me. I highly recommend timing yourself. And when you're creating your to-do list every day or your work, even if you have a dream or a hobby that you want to do. You can be like I'm going to set aside 30 minutes every day to work on this and set a pomodoro and it's crazy where where you'll be in a few months. So I highly recommend it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it a little bit adds up every single day is what you're saying, you know, take a little bit of time and yeah. You know what? This method really helps you do that deep work, that focus work, which is amazing. And it stops you from succumbing to distractions. I, I interviewed Nir Eyal. He wrote the book Indistractable. Highly recommend it. Honestly, it's just it's so compact with information on how to conquer distractions in our noisy world. And it's actually episode 97 that I interviewed him. It's called Conquer Distractions with Nir Eyal. So check it out such great information in that episode, but he just reminds us that if we have, if we use techniques like this, for example, and we feel an urge, you know, for example, we feel hungry, we feel tired, we feel frustrated, or maybe we have something on our mind, or maybe we're on a high, we're super happy about something, we can't focus. Like sometimes that happens too. But then the timer, you'll go to the timer like, okay, I can go grab that cookie in 15 minutes. (laughs) You know, it kind of like, (laughs) so funny. It just keeps you sitting there and doing your work. So yeah, it keeps you focused. I mean, again, you do need some internal willpower and all that stuff. But I think by setting that timer, it really can help. So it's, it's nice to hear that it's really helping you, Lauren.
1: No, it for sure is. It has made me so much more aware of the distractions. Like if I turn on a Pomodoro at 1 p.m. and it's 3 p.m. and I still haven't gotten through the hour. I'm like, how can I minimize these distractions around me or change it? So it's been, like I said, very eye-opening.
0: Yeah. And today we're going to talk about both types of distractions. So there are external distractions and then there are internal distractions. And sometimes it's the external distractions that affect us internally. So I, I wanted to start off with, you know, when it comes to external distractions, I immediately think of our digital devices because we're around them all the time. They're constantly distracting us. So you know, I'm going to start by saying, let's set boundaries with ourselves and communicate them with others. That's something I've really learned by living simply. The first thing is turn off your notifications. That's an obvious one. All the pings, dings, and red notifications, little red dots. It's of course red because they want you to think it's urgent, right? And subconsciously, this is affecting us. And recently, I've been charging my phone in another room, whether that's my bedroom or my bathroom. Now, I also have iMessage and WhatsApp on my computer, and then it became distracting. So I'm very mindful of that. I will usually shut those off during the day, depending on what the type of work that I'm doing. And uh, I actually, I don't think I told you this, Lauren, but all of the people that I work with, I actually connect with them through WhatsApp. And they use Slack and they use all these other tools. And I said, well, I only need to connect with three or four people. So let's keep it to WhatsApp. And a couple of them are like, oh, do you want to join Slack? I said, no, (laughs) I don't need another way of contacting you. So it's WhatsApp and email. And then I suggest that they email me before they WhatsApp me. But if it's more urgent, of course, send me WhatsApp. It's fine. I just I find that if I get messages throughout the day when I'm doing focus work you know, it not only distracts you, but it can sometimes make you anxious being thinking, oh, I have to get that done. I have to get that done. I don't want to focus on that right now. I'm focusing on this work, right? So sometimes that can be distracting. But one of the best ways is to communicate that to people, hey, during the day, like maybe you're not a texter. So if you're not a texter, you should communicate that to your friend or your family member or your partner or and and if they are, maybe you compromise and you check it a couple times a day throughout the day just to check in, which is great. But I have to share a little story with you, Lauren. So yesterday I had a meeting with a couple of colleagues of mine and uh, we're at a coffee shop. And it was so funny. I said, well, tomorrow I'm recording an episode on how to manage the noise in our every day. And they were both really intrigued. And I told them, yeah, I like to limit communication to WhatsApp. And the lady beside me, she goes, oh, my gosh, you know what? Since COVID, the lines in terms of communication have really dissolved and are the barriers. Like, so... <laughs> people are contacting her uh, they're sending her dms they're calling her they're texting her they're sending whatsapp slack all of the tools she goes oh, i'm so overwhelmed by all of it and to be honest i i've started to tell people that i work with to just contact me via slack or email i prefer that and it was so interesting because the guy beside me is one of her colleagues <laughs> and he uh, texts her a lot <laughs> so uh, he, he he said to her lauren he was like oh uh So, would you prefer that I send you a Slack? And she politely responded, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It was just really funny. I was like, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to communicate that to people because you don't want to set them. It's like when you're in an office, Lauren, I remember you would tell me all these stories where you're working in real estate, you're at an office and you had very chatty colleagues and they would always talk to you. And sometimes you just like, what did you do in those moments? How did you tell them? Like, how did you block that noise? How did you say, Oh, I have to focus. How do you do that politely? What's the best way to do that?
1: Sometimes if I heard them coming, I would pick up the phone and pretend that I was on the phone (laughs) she's like hey I'm on a call right now like sorry I would I would say that I had to go to the bathroom while if we were like (laughs) mid-conversation I had weird techniques but yeah it's hard I'm like overly polite In situations like that. And it just goes to show you our culture. It's more like we feel uncomfortable having those conversations with people about how we wish to be communicated or the times or when to reach out or how to reach out. But it's so important. And if you can get kind of that one line of communication, I'm sure it'll be much more efficient than having so many It's like, oh, I I sent you that email last night. Oh, well, why didn't you call me if it was urgent? Like, I don't know. It's like it can. So having those conversations with friends, colleagues, anyone, relationships can help both of you because sometimes they might not know how they want to contact you as well.
0: Yeah. So we need to decipher between what's urgent and or what's just important and what can be responded to later. So we have to need we need to ask ourselves but we also need to communicate to others once we've figured that out. You know, we have friends. It was so funny. We have a friend where we message her sometimes we don't hear back from her and we're like, oh, is there something wrong? And now I've come to realize Nothing wrong. That's just the way she is, and she'll get back to us later. It's fine. Uh, you know, sometimes we worry about that. And if you respond quickly to someone all the time, then that's going to be their expectation. So maybe you can change the expectation. Just be like, you know, again, communicate how it's going to work for you. But I remember in my office environments, I I'm chatting myself. I'd like to connect with my my colleagues, but after you know five minutes of chatting you kind of slow down the conversation and I would just kind of move on to what I'm doing. And if they kept talking, I would, I would have to say, hey, you know, I have to focus right now. And I came to that point where I had to keep telling them I have to focus right now. And I didn't feel bad about it. After you do it the first time, you can do it a lot. <laughs> and they understand They're like, yeah. okay, oh, hey, yeah, don't worry, no worries. And so, yeah, so you should communicate that. And you know, when it comes to digital distractions, I, I, I highly recommend Cal Newport's book, Digital Minimalism choosing a focused life in a noisy world. And in in episode 40, we talk about digital minimalism. It's actually quite an old episode of ours, Lauren. And it's really interesting to look back and listen to old episodes because we are very chippy. My voice is so much higher back then. I have no idea why. My voice has changed. (laughs) It's so funny because my mentor who is a listener of the podcast, he, very good friend, he said to me, he says, Your voice has changed and he's not the first person who's told me that. I'm like, what is going on? Maybe I'm just more at peace. I don't know what it is, (laughs) but it's a good episode. A lot of tips.
1: It's all this talking has made our voices lower. Yeah. So one of the ways, actually, these are two ways I really, really help manage distractions. Okay. Number one is having goals. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you have a clear plan of where you want to go, what you want to get accomplished, where you're headed, you're so much more intentional with your time and structured with your day, with what you have to get done. If you don't have those, if you're kind of just, you know, living life every day with no sense of direction, Mm -hmm. you're kind of just going through the motions, going into work, answering emails. Whereas if you have a plan and, and what you want to accomplish, where you want to go, it is so much easier to push through those distractions. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the ways. And it doesn't just have to be work. Like I don't, obviously we're a podcast where we like to live simply and slowly. And maybe one of your goals is I want to be able to relax at the end of the day. So it is important to me to get my work done through the day and to not get distracted so that after dinner, I can spend time with my family or I can go for a walk or I can watch a movie and I can relax. And if you spend all day distracted, not getting your work done, then what do you have to do after dinner back to your laptop? Mm -hmm. And it has made me realize too, using the Pomodoro method that I will have something I have to do. I don't know if you feel this way too, Kelly. I don't want to do it. It's something I need to work on, whether I need to call a client. And I just, I'm like, oh, I got to clean this or I'm going to make a snack or And instead of just getting it done and then moving on, I spent all day trying to avoid it and distract myself from doing it. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the day, I have to do it anyways. And it's not like I spent any time relaxing or enjoying the day. I just spent it worrying about the stuff that I had to do instead of doing it. So Having something like again the timing technique or a goal, just it makes me do it. It forces me to sit down and do it, as opposed to just getting distracted by everything and letting the day take control of itself.
0: Yeah, you 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 make yourself get it done in that moment. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, time yourself really really does work. <laughs> I think yeah. people are going to be very curious about this after this discussion. Uh, I, I wanted to go into. A book that I really, really, really want to read. It's on my list. It's called Golden, The Power of Silence in a World of Noise by Lee Mars and Justin Zorn. So they were interviewed by Lori Santos on the Happiness Lab podcast. And uh, I want to share just a background on what this book is. So it actually talks about the benefits of silence and how we all have the ability to seek out more moments of quietness. And uh, they argue that we are curious beings, and it makes sense why we are allured to succumb to these distractions, or we are we are allured to these distractions in our everyday. I it's so interesting when you when you said that uh, earlier this morning. I had to get something done that I really didn't want to do, and I was just about to grab a snack, and I was like, no,
1: get <laughs> that it. done.
0: Stop doing that. Stop trying to delay it. Just get it done. And I did. And it felt so good. And when I grabbed my sack, it's just a little bit of relief. But I highly recommend setting an intention for each day, right? I have a bullet journal. I also have an online calendar. And it really helps me set the intention for every single day over the week. So I do it on Sunday nights, as many of you know. And so that when I go into each day, I know what I need to get done. And when you do, you're more likely going to be more aware of the distractions around you, and you're going to be—you'll probably have make a better effort to manage those distractions. And uh, if anybody wants to check out the bullet journal method, check it out on YouTube. There are so many videos, and it was—it uh, was coined or or, or invented by uh, Ryder Carroll. So definitely check that out. That's also a guest that I would love to interview one day. A listener reached out to us on Instagram and said, "Oh, you need to interview Ryder Carroll." We do. We do. I I can't believe
1: I haven't yet, but uh, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Like you said, having you use your bullet journal, I have my daily to do list and I center that around my goals and what I want to get done and where I'm headed. So it sets me up for not being as distracted. It's like, this is what I need to get done today. This is how much time I have to do it. So stay focused (laughs) because We want to get it done and having that to do list. Otherwise, if people who don't have to do lists or bullet journals, you're kind of just sitting down working at random, like answering emails, going to meetings, like you really need to set that intention for the day. Uh, James clear actually says he has a newsletter that comes through every week. He says, spend a little time each day thinking about the highest leverage activity available to you. So instead of sitting down and thinking like, what can I get done today? And how is this going to benefit me for what I want? We just kind of work at nothing. Like we're, it's just, we're just working on tasks that might not even matter or Mm -hmm. do anything. So it's, it's so interesting. We're just being reactive. Yeah. Reactive. Yes. We're just being
0: reactive to emails, to calls, to messages. And it's better if you go in with a plan, it'll make you feel more accomplished at the end of the day. I think that's one of the biggest wins. And even with, for example, social media, we have the Millennial Minimalist IG account and we have our own accounts and Facebook. And I've learned to manage my social media usage. I wish I could be completely online, but I can't. So I actually set time blocks now in my calendar. I'm going to check it four times a day, morning, midday, evening, basically. And you know, it's it's interesting. Our phones really do listen to us. And I get frustrated at times. I'll have a conversation with you or whoever, And I flip on IG and there's all these ads for whatever I talked about. It's kind of scary. But, you know, what's really scary about it is it's subconscious, right? Sometimes these images that you see may impact our buying behaviors, right? Later in the day or down the road. But by being more aware of them, we can help manage them. And also by limiting our exposure, you know, it helps us keep things out of sight, out of mind. That's the whole idea.
1: You know, it's so funny. I saw a meme the other day of a girl who, when her boyfriend's like sleeping or in the bathroom, she takes his phone and speaks to it. And she's like, Cabo trips, like spa gift cards, (laughs) flowers. So he'll get these advertisements while he's on. I thought it was so funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. (laughs) I wonder if she got a trip out of it.
1: Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Um,
0: That's so um, good.
1: Yeah. Another thing I want to talk about, which you mentioned earlier on in the podcast is emotional distraction. Mm. And I think that is probably one of the hardest, like you can put your phone away, you can close your email tab. But if you're emotional about something like, Maybe you went through a breakup. Maybe there's something going on at work. If you're feeling the emotions of something, it is extremely distracting. Even if you're happy, like you said, you can be really excited and it's hard to focus. Yep. So learning to manage emotional distractions so that you can focus on things is extremely difficult. And one of the things I've actually been doing recently, it's called thought challenging. So this is where maybe you're worried about something. It could be just as an example, say you made a mistake at work and you're worried about getting fired or you're worried about getting in trouble. So thought challenging would be writing out rational things to challenge your thoughts. So I haven't made a mistake before. I didn't get in trouble for making this mistake. I recognized my mistake and apologized. No one has said anything to me to suggest that I would be fired over this. So it's just these things. Love that. Pulling you out of that mental state, that emotional state, and showing you that those are, your thoughts are not fact so that you are able to get back and focus and and get back to a better state instead of being worried or anxious about things all the time. So. No, emotional distraction is definitely huge. I know we both suffer from it. Yeah. Internal
0: it, clutter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> internal noise. It's so true. We actually have a lot of conversations about it, Lauren. And I think something that you remind me and something that I remind you, because I've seen you in this state, is I remind you what's the worst case scenario? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Okay. This happens. But then we, and then when we say, oh, this happens, we're like, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> that wouldn't yeah. happen. So you're going to be okay and it actually made you feel relieved.
1: So Well, sometimes I think about the worst case scenario and then I'm worried about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so. when we have to step away. I remember you were talking about relational clutter, right? Sometimes emotion you can, I don't know, breakups. I remember after a breakup I was debilitated and I yeah. couldn't focus, I couldn't work. You start crying weird times. You don't even know when it's coming. It's just like a loss of someone uh, that's close to you. It, it, it works the same way because it's its a death in a way. And so it's, you know, sometimes you just have to step away and it's just not the time to do the work that you need to do. And you need a break and you just have to know when when to take that time. You know, sometimes when I don't sleep, for example, I get very anxious the next day and everything is noisier external noise, internal noise, everything. I, You know, you too. When you don't sleep, we get down on ourselves. We get yeah. hard on ourselves. And I realize, you know what? This is not the day to do deep work. This is the day to work on X, X, and X because I don't need to use my brain power as much as I do for the other things. So that's an example of how I actually feel today. <laughs> there are a couple of things that I have to get done, but I'm like, you know what? I will do that tomorrow because I didn't sleep well last night. And some of the things that we can do when it comes to internal clutter, some of the things that I recommend is, you know, everything from sleep and napping and exercise and meditation to also finding human connection and just sitting back and listening in a quiet room with a friend or taking, you know, a call with a therapist, things that we can do to just disconnect and manage our internal distractions. Meditation is probably the most helpful for me <laughs> and forcing myself to go to sleep earlier so that I feel better the next day. But uh, yeah, internal distractions. And even just like, feel, Nir Eyal talks about it. It's like, oh yeah, you have those like feelings of hunger or feelings of rage or feelings of excitement and it can distract you, but we don't really realize it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, It when you're, um, you have that mental distraction, like you said, sometimes the answer is not to just work and be focused. It's to go for a walk. It's to schedule yeah. a therapist appointment. It's to call a friend because maybe it's something that you need to process and go through. And instead of just trying or forcing yourself to work. So understanding when distraction is a good time and when it's not is important as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I also want to talk about our attention spans. So there's a reason why we're distracted. We, there's more noise today than ever. Uh, I don't have the stats on me, but you know, it's I think it was something like the amount of information that comes across us in two days is more than we could have ever experienced in a lifetime back in the day. So <laughs> we're constantly being fed all of this information, so we are more likely distracted. And it was in a previous episode that we did very, very early on that we talked about um, a video that we saw, it's it's by Lynn Gribble. She's the business, she's a business professor at the University of New South Wales in Sydney. She has a video on Goldcast called Are You Addicted to Your Phone? And she starts by saying that if you are a person who is constantly checking your phone, this is bad news, obviously. She says that it's increasing your anxiety. It's more than virtual clutter. It causes anxiousness. So she argues that. The problem with multitasking is that we're actually microtasking and wearing ourselves out. And she says that our attention span spans, oh sorry, she compares our attention span to goldfish. She says that goldfish concentrate for 7 seconds and data proves that we humans are only doing 8 seconds, which is so scary and In that podcast episode that I listened to by Lori Santos, the authors that she was interviewing who actually wrote the book, Golden, that I mentioned earlier that I really want to read, Golden, The Power of Silence in a World of Noise, they said that the average person spends one hour a day trying to get back on track after a distraction. So after a day of distractions, it takes them that long. I was like, wow. So we spend an hour every single day trying to get back on task. So if, if, if Mike comes home and he's like, Lauren, I've
1: worked for 15 hours. You'd be like, no, you didn't. Yeah.
0: i know. going <laughs> to show were for up and
1: time you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's so true. And marketing too. Like you, yeah. you think of how much we're marketed to for everything. And it, it's so distracting. Everything we own and do, there's like something better out there, newer and shinier and, More advanced that we need to get, and we'll make our lives better. And it's Uh so distracting constantly. Even, you know, you think of podcasts, you think of Netflix, YouTube, every, there's always new videos, there's always new content and stuff out. And I love it. Like, I try to set time away for myself every day to just be like, hey, get distracted, go crazy. Like, Free time, but it it is like it it's so hard to manage all of that and see where you want to focus your time and put that free time towards.
0: It's so interesting. Last night I was thinking about you because I was thinking you love to work early, early in the morning. I love to work late at night. That's when I get my best work done. And I just pictured you just curled up in your couch with a blanket, with your laptop, watching YouTube videos with your AirPods while your boyfriend
1: plays his video games. <laughs> Uh, At night. Yeah, that's
0: That's your time what
1: we were doing. Yeah. And then in (laughs) the morning, but you know what, it's those times late at night and early in the morning, depending on your circadian rhythm, that you can focus because like at five or six o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to get text messages. I'm not going to get emails. No one's going to be calling me. There's not going to be any meetings scheduled so I can get my deepest and best, most focused work done. And Mm -hmm. I schedule it for that time of the day. So, and Mm -hmm. I know with you at night, but I'm like, so brain dead at night. I don't know how at 11 PM you can focus, but then you probably can't focus at six in the morning.
0: I can, I can do both. (laughs) Oh, I'm kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. I amazing. can do both, but I prefer in the evenings. Yeah. I mean, uh, we should also talk about the physical excess that is noisy around us as well. Yes. I mean, our homes are very tidy. We don't own much stuff, which makes it easier to concentrate. I just got this new standing desk. I don't leave much on the desk. I kind of look, look at a wall and I look at the window and I focus on my computer, on my work, which is nice. It's It definitely helps. You don't realize how much it helps until you you know, you go to your parents' home and you work from there and you're like, ah, there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> but yeah, so definitely clear off whatever you can from your office desk if you can. It it'll really, really help. Keep a few pictures or whatever that is meaningful to you, but all the other stuff, move it away. Even just move it out of the way for one day, even if that means beside your desk. See how you feel. You might feel different. There's also auditory noise as well. So when you work from here, Lauren, you like complete silence. I like classical music. And so I put my AirPods in for you and you enjoy the silence. Sometimes you'll you'll talk to me and I feel bad because I'm not ignoring you. You just forget that I have music <laughs> in my ears. <laughs> and actually in that same episode uh, with Lori Santos, she she shares that. And I think you'll find this interesting that silence is more effective for the brain to reach a stronger level of focus than having white noise or instrumental music. So oh, there you go, Lauren works better. I had no idea. So when I heard that, I was like, ah, Lauren's going to like that because she's going to convince me that I don't need music on while I work.
1: <laughs> I get even distracted in the music. Like I start thinking about, even things. if there's no words, you just, you, yeah, you I would just, just picture words. myself at like a, Orchestra listening to the music (laughs) and feel to focus. But no, it's so true. I honestly think one of the reasons I've always been a minimalist even since I was young is just because I couldn't stand the stuff around me. I couldn't stand the distraction. If I go to people's houses, even if their houses are beautiful and like well decorated, I just look at the stuff and think, oh, what a waste of time. All that stuff is. You gotta clean it and organize it and go through it and get rid of it and Oh I just I can't stand it. People even these houses with all these gardens and all this I just look at the maintenance factor of things and <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh, what a headache or what a nuisance to my life." But the one thing I love about minimalism is just, you know, a lo- we wor- a lot of us work from home and maybe not as much now that people are going back to the office, but it is so hard to focus when There is stuff around you, stuff that needs to be done, dishes, laundry, dusting, cleaning. Mm -hmm. It's just calling to you and not only for work, but to relax. When I come home from work too, and I just want to watch a movie or read a book and I can see the dust on a bookshelf, I'm like, I need to get up and dust that because I can't just relax and focus here. That's why I just love that simple, clean space that I don't have to think about the walls are clear, the tables are clear. It's easy. It's easy to maintain. So it's crazy how much distraction comes from your environment.
0: As you're chatting, I'm just, I just have a visual of you with all these things saying, clean me, eat me, throw me in the wash. Like all these things are calling for you, but no, you have your Pomodoro technique on you have your timer on, so you're not going to (laughs) respond.
1: I know. (laughs) And, and it can be exhausting. Sometimes I'll look around and everything I have to do. And I'm like, I'm just exhausted looking at this, like looking at what I have to clean up or, or do. And it. I'm like so demotivated, but when my place is put together and it's clean, I'm like excited to get to work on what I, I have to work on. So, you know, minimalism, obviously that's a huge benefit is you're so much less distracted by your physical items and you have so much more time because you're not a slave to them.
0: Oh, it's true. But we still get dust. We still get things that we look around and we're like, oh, we need to do that or do that. I just, I mean... (laughs) I love you told me a story the other day. It was so funny. You told me that uh, you you went on a Zoom call with your mom and dad and they had the computer faced at the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zero distraction. They don't know what they're doing. But no. And then there was another time where, you know, I always get cravings for cookies and snacks. And I will go and grab those snacks or whatever. And, and now that I have more concentration, I'm like, no, you're going to take a break at X time. So you're good. It's like self-discipline, right? I mean, it doesn't always work, but, uh, but yeah, it's having that discipline, but having, having a clear space is so incredibly helpful. And, you know, to be honest, it's really about setting, again, setting the intention for the day, setting boundaries with yourself, setting boundaries with others. Another book that is on my list to read is The Book of Boundaries by Melissa Urban came out last year. You know, you just in every area of my life, I find the more you set boundaries, the better you are at managing the noise in your life. It really, really, really helps. I mean, I'm speaking to a therapist now you're speaking to a therapist. It's that's really, really helped me. I think having different friends in my life has also helped me as well. And just having friends who are receptive uh, and, and being like, yeah, I understand. No worries. Can't get together. All good. Or, Hey, you can't talk right now. Totally understand. We can talk another time. And most people will be understanding of that a lot of the a lot of the noise in this world we we put on ourselves and we have the opportunity to manage it that's the beauty of it we have the opportunity to do that and you know we should we should embrace moments of silence i remember gosh i don't remember exactly when it was but there was a moment in my life where i was waiting for a doctor for example and they were super late and i remember being like I have so much to get done and I could be super stressed in this moment, or I could just really enjoy this completely silent room and just don't work. Just enjoy and rest. I remember in that moment, it took like five minutes. I was like, I'm just get to rest. I'm actually glad. And the doctor was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, I'm happy you were late. I needed a break. I needed a moment.
1: <laughs> um. So yesterday I was getting highlights and I was sitting there. I'm like, well, I can't work. So I can go on YouTube and Instagram and text people and because it's not working time. So it's so nice to just, you know, relax and do nothing in those times or have those times of distraction. It's like, go crazy after dinner, do whatever you want. Allow yourself. Yeah. Allow
0: yourself to indulge. That's why when I thought of you sitting on your couch going on YouTube, I'm like, Lauren's had a super productive day. So she can just do all of that, but also be mindful of all the messages as well, right? At the same time. But yeah, yeah, I love the quote that all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. It's so true. And, you know, really silence, it gives us a space to face our problems, overcome them and enjoy solitude, enjoy being alone and embracing silence. I I think it's so important. I actually, (laughs) I dated a guy at one point who, used to walk the streets without AirPods, and I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world, (laughs) which is very judgmental. I thought it was weird because, you know, you're going for long walks. What are you doing? Like, what are you doing? You should have something in your ears. No, I just, I enjoy the silence and, you know, just clearing my mind that way. Everybody works differently, but there is beauty to that. You know, for me, I am addicted to listening to podcasts and music and audiobooks. And as you say, you don't need to always have it on 24-7. Have it off. Enjoy the silence and moments. It's very important. And for you and I, it's obviously easier because, I mean, you live with your boyfriend, but I live on my own. So it's easier to find those moments of silence. But I want to ask our listeners, what noise do you need to eliminate or manage? Ask yourself that, whether internally or internally. And how does it make you feel? And how can you find moments of silence or, or calm in your everyday? Those are good questions to think about. And actually, I challenge myself and you to think about that even more, too, because there might be some things that we can set boundaries with others and ourselves to better manage all the distractions in our everyday.
1: No, it's so important to have techniques or awareness of how to manage because like, we're so bombarded with it nowadays. So Mm -hmm. it is so important if, you know, you want to be able to get to where you want to be and just have time off and self-care and time for relationships and yourself and to do work that you're interested in and passionate about. So it's a really good skill to have to be able to manage distractions efficiently.
0: Yeah. And it gives you this sense of control and power and confidence. I actually, yeah. you know, I remember, you know, you used to be that person that would always respond, always get back to people so quickly and always succumb to all this noise and buy that thing and be that person. And you almost felt like a follower. Then as you grow up, you start saying, no, I don't want to do that right now. Or no, that's not urgent. It's again, these boundaries. And you feel like, oh, wow, I'm in control of my time. Rather than all of these things trying to tell me what to do with my time. so think about it like that. It's like pretty interesting.
1: yeah, no, it's so true. I feel like I still uphold myself to that a lot, but I'm getting better.
0: yeah, yeah I mean honestly it's it's a it's a work in progress. We're both work in progress, right but uh, but hopefully some of our advice has been helpful to our listeners today. That was really, really fun.
1: Yeah, that was really fun. I feel like I learned a lot about myself and what I need to still work on. What is that? Can you share? (laughs) Oh, just how I still do get distracted. And Mm. I I realized making the notes for this podcast that emotions distract me a lot. They take a lot of energy out of me. So I really have to learn how to manage those and have techniques how to manage those. Obviously, I don't own very much. So (laughs) I'm not as distracted by the physical stuff. But I live with my boyfriend now. So I definitely have there's more stuff in the condo. I have to face a wall when I work. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't want to look at all the stuff. I don't want to look at the books and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, I enjoyed this conversation. And uh, if anybody has any tips to share with us, please let us know. We'd love to hear how you manage the distractions in in your everyday, whether that's internal or external or any other way that uh, you feel that the noise affects you and, and how you manage it and improve your life. So yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was fun. And just lastly, I wanted to note that our closet e-guide is back online at mastersimplicity.com. We didn't want to forget to mention that we just renovated it. We updated it a little bit and you can check it out on our website at mastersimplicity.com slash closet kit. Yeah. It's definitely it's definitely helpful when it comes to clearing the noise in your closet, because you don't want to wake up to a messy closet every morning because that is the first distraction. If you can get dressed in seconds every day, it will make your life so much easier and less noisy in the morning. So thank you all for reaching out to us about the e-guide and thank you all who have, who've been using the e-guide. We'd love to hear from you and and hear how it worked and uh, what your closets look like. So uh, keep us posted on Facebook and Instagram and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks so much. Cheers so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope that we've inspired you to start thinking about the noise in your life and the external and internal distractions that you can start to remove or manage. And if you enjoyed this discussion, please check out our show notes to find links to past episodes about how to manage distractions. And as always, thank you all for listening and for taking the time to write us a kind rating and review on iTunes. If you are enjoying our show and haven't done so yet, we would love to hear from you. Your words help us grow and keep us super motivated. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Millennial Minimalists and learn more about us and our closet decluttering e-guide on our website at mastersimplicity.com. I also want to take this time to let you know that we are moving back to a bi-weekly schedule again. So our next episode will be released on Monday, March 27th. So please keep an eye out for it. We have exciting upcoming episodes that you won't want to miss. So thanks again for listening, everyone. And I will speak with you soon. Bye-bye.